The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to the Friday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, the illustrious Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the donut queen herself, Tammy, the donut Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. You didn't bring me voodoo, so how can I be a donut queen? <laughs> you want to know why? It's because I can't eat donuts. I'm diabetic, and they'll kill me. Well, and not just that is, I think it's funny that I actually did mention, even though voodoo is popular here, because we just did the, you know, the episode yesterday where we were making comments about her being the voodoo queen down there. That's right. Related to Marie Laveau. Marie Laveau. I have been chomping at the bit to do this one. You have been. You've been on my ass to finish up the research (laughs) on, (laughs) on this one, and I barely finished part one, so... Today I'm going to be doing Colin Ireland, and I'm telling you, he has the best moniker ever. You need to wait until it gets to that point. Fine. Third, end of the third paragraph, you're good. Fine, we'll get to his <laughs> The surprising New Year's resolution that drove a man to become an evil killer. Today we're going to be doing Mr. Colin Ireland, and beware people, there are dangerous monsters lurking in the shadows. Ta-da! There are, especially this one. Since I'm all about transparency, I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. At first, the only thing that drew my attention to this case was the nickname that the media gave to the killer. <clears throat> You'll see what I mean in a moment. Yes, I'll admit, on some levels, I'm very easy. It doesn't take much to grab my attention. I just, you know, I'm surprised you didn't have a comment about that since I'm the one that wrote this. <laughs> oh, we already know that you're easy, man. I whore you I out am, all the time. I'm very easy. I take her to the truck stop and make a few bucks here and there. It's you great. know what? I am not a lot lizard. Stop telling people that. I have never, ever taken money for sex. Um, no, material but I items, yes. Not money. Yeah, no, I get paid. You don't. I know. However, once you once you have my attention, it takes a, a lot to keep it. This case did that from the beginning to the end. I'll admit, at first, I was amused. Then... The further I looked into the finer details, I became intrigued, shocked, stunned, horrified, disgusted, and incensed. Not incest, incensed. Yes. All in the same order, by the way. All in that order, yeah. Yeah. Normally, I try to give a little more background regarding the area, the culture, climate, and whatnot before I dive into the story. However, I don't even know where I would begin all that at. So... I'll just begin with the story of Colin Ireland, a.k.a., wait for it, I've been waiting to say this. I know you have been. Y'all, before I even say the name, I want you to think about the 1980s. Put your spandex on and a big, Tease puffy, your hair. And... Tease your hair up. Yep. Think uh, poison. You ready? Gay Slayer. The black eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. I have been making gay slayer jokes all week long. Dude, you have been making them since last Friday when we talked about us doing this episode this week. We were like last night at band practice. Um, we're, we're, we're outside. We're having a smoke, kind of you know cooling down a little bit because it's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm talking to Matt, my bass player. and cause, So he pulls up pictures from the 80s when he was in a metal band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And spandex. It Literally. was 
awesome. And I looked at it and said, oh, my God, it's great. Matt's the gay slayer. <laughs> were they like the skin tight, see every ripple, like bulge type spandex? They were, they were. Yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. Then he was saying, yeah, my sister-in-law stole them. I don't know where I don't know even know where they're at now. Uh, we all agree we gotta get Matt some fucking spandex. No shit, no. Yeah, we need to, you know. So, abandoned before he was born, Colin's mother was a young seventeen-year-old girl when she found out that she was pregnant. Her boyfriend at the time was also in his late teens. So, when she told him that she was having his baby, I'm having your baby. He didn't even try to stand up and do the right thing. He Papa, simply abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He simply abandoned her and his child, uh, and then you know, right. This is before Colin was even born. He's like, yeah. "Adios, bitchachos, I'm gone." See, that happened to my mom with my sister. He was a truck driver, and she met him at a bar, and everything. They got along really good. When she told him he was pr- she was pregnant, she never saw him again. He didn't even say, "I don't want anything to do." He just took off. I wouldn't abandon your mom. I know. Yeah, my sister doesn't even know who her dad's name is. What her dad's name is. God damn. Yeah. Man. She might have daddy issues. Uh, kind of a little. <laughs> I don't. I do too, though. But I mean, for a whole different reason. <laughs> Shut up. Not like that. I saw those films. Yeah. Whatever. Since his father left him long before that day, Colin's mother refused to even put his name on the birth certificate. You left out a whole paragraph. I did, huh? Okay. I'm sorry. My bad. As you'd expect from any young girl in her situation, she was angry at the father for the choices that he made. However, that didn't stop her from wanting to have the baby. Little Colin was born in West Hills Hospital in Dartford, Kent on May 16th of 1950. That that does say March. I got to get my new glasses ordered tonight. you need to just learn how to read. No, I can't see shit anymore. You want to borrow my story readers? No, I'm ordering my regular glasses. Okay, Thank well, you I'm very offering. much. <clears throat> Since his father had left a long time ago, his mother refused. I've already got that part. Okay, shit. I mean, no, I, I just read that again. Since yeah, his father had that, left yeah. long before that day, Colin's mother refused to even put his name on the birth certificate. And I was going to say, I don't blame her. Yeah, me neither. This guy's a fucking asshole. Me neither. Like, 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 like for reals, I did not want to have children. No, but you stepped up when you found out you were going to. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, yeah. I, and I do. I, I love my kids, well, you know. And, and I'll be honest. I only put my ex-husband's name, even though we were separated at the time my son was born. I only put his name on the birth certificate because I'm like, bitch, you're paying child support after what you did. <laughs> God damn. You know, I mean, after what he did, I, yeah, I didn't care anymore. On the next episode of Brutal Nation, Tammy the Sasquatch. Tammy stabbed, stabbed her ex-husband. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't. As far as I know, he's alive and well in Alaska. Well, well, check this out. Nor did she reveal that his name to Colin at any point throughout his life. He said that he uh, has never known anything about his real father. And then he went to the Death Star, and <laughs> Darth Vader says, Search your heart, Colin. Colin. I am your father. And he's like, no! And As then he, he got his hand lopped off. <laughs> you know, that's the very first movie I ever saw in the theater. I was two. God damn. Yep. Colin's mother had a job working for a news agency as an assistant. However, the wages weren't that great. So she kept having more and more difficulty earning enough to support herself and her new son. Thankfully, she had had very understanding parents. They allowed her and Colin to move back in the family home located on Myrtle Road in Dartford, Kent, England. 
they remained there for approximately five years, and that's the, that's a good thing. I mean, at, at yeah. five years, you can get you, you, it's a long time to kind of get your shit together, so to speak. I'm not saying that she didn't have her kinda. shit together, but you well, know, you'll find out a little financial. bit more in a little bit. So yeah, Dartford is known as the principal town for the borough of Dartford, Kent, England, located approximately 18 miles southeast of central London and four miles southwest of. The River Thames. Thames. Is it Thames? Yes. I thought you knew that, Mr. I did not. I've been all over the world. I fucking, I, I've been high a lot. When you travel? When I traveled. See, and you know, I want to put this in there because I know that I'm going to put this in the blog, but two very notable people that came from that area, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. I bet you that this Colin motherfucker lives forever, Colin Ireland, because... Keith Richards is like nine million years old. And Mick Jagger isn't freaking any younger than that. No, Mick Jagger looked like he was seventy-five when he was twenty. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Totally. <clears throat> they're living forever. Yeah, totally. In 1959, Colin's mother felt that she shouldn't be reliant on her family for support any longer, so she decided to uproot her young son yet again. I wouldn't even go yet again. She means she's well, trying to she's trying to fucking get her no, shit together. I understand that, but I mean, you'll I mean, because I mean, I know it, we talk about it. I talk about it a little bit in here. However, she was an unskilled worker and barely made minimum wage. Okay, but she's trying to so, do the right thing. She's trying to be independent. Yeah, I respect kinda, that. Yeah. Oh well, I did too until I found out. You know some of the shit that happens in the next Well, for years. right now, yeah. yo, get up off my woman there. I, I'm sorry. Step the fuck back, man. She's I apologize. The right thing. Even though they don't give her name, I apologize. Colin's mom, I got your back, baby. He I does. I got your he back. He does. He usually does until he finds something to piss him off about her. This time, she moved to Birch Road, located in Gravesend, Kent, England. Gravesend is located approximately 11 miles east of her family home, 20 miles east, southeast of Charing Cross in central London and 0.2 miles south of the River Thames. There you go. You happy with that one yes, now? Yes, I'm glad you learned how to speak. Fucking Christ, man. Mm-hmm. There's always something with you. Yep. For the next six years after moving to uh, Gravesend, Colin's life was filled with numerous emotional and physical upheavals. In fact, the two of them would move a total of nine more times in those six years. I'll get into all this in just a moment. Since Colin's mother was an unskilled laborer, she was only able to find part-time or low-paying jobs. However, she was still determined to provide a stable upbringing and a decent home for her young son. Therefore, there were many times when she simply wasn't able to cope with her situation. As a result, she and Colin moved back with their parents within one year. Yeah, he, she's trying. She is trying. She's I will fucking give you that. trying. She did try. I mean, she was trying her best. I just, I mean, I think I looked at it from the perspective of a single mother. Is that you already have that stability with your family, and you know that it's stable, and they're not, you know, there's no um, like bad blood that you have to get out of there. You know what I mean? They were very supportive and everything. I just felt she should have waited until, you know. <laughs> She could financially, you know what I mean? No, and I dig. I'm not so saying that her choices. So that's where I was looking at it because I was looking at it from a single mother point of view. I'm not saying that she made the best choices. No. I mean, I'm just saying that. Yeah. All in all, she's trying, mm-hmm. man. Like, she's trying her hardest 
to do yeah. the right thing. So that way there, she's not reliant upon her parents. Right. It's just, you know, and, and she can give uh, Colin a decent upbringing right. and everything and it, like that. And what do you do? You piss no, on my girl. I mean, That's what no, you just did. You, you pissed that on her. So much as, and I also thought that, you know, while she had the support of her parents, you know, she could have maintained that for at least a few more years and saved up the money. So, you know what I mean? Okay. No, she made, she made some bad choices. I'm going to get at that, but yeah, bottom line is she's trying, which yeah, is she more than try. I can I say for that. a lot of motherfuckers. Yeah. Out and there. I, I mean, you'll find out some more. I mean, I'm not totally mean to her. I was just, I just looked at it. During that part, I looked at it from a mother's point, a single mother's point of view, and it didn't make sense to me. Colin Ireland's mama, if you can hear this, you send me an email, baby. Well, yeah, I got your well, back. Well, she, like I said, I mean, I totally love her and respect her throughout this whole thing. I just, for that moment, I just, it just didn't make sense to me. No, no, no and I dig. Anywho, yeah. Over the next five years, Colin lived a life that wouldn't that that would have been emotional and psychological that would emotionally and psychologically impact on any young boy. Here's what I mean by that: In 1960, not long after they moved uh, to Graveson, Kent Colin and his mother moved again. This time, they settled in Sitka, Kent. A little later that same year, they moved to West Mullen. That's a market town located in the, uh, the, the Tunbridge and Mauling district of Kent, England. It's also known for its camp where homeless women and their children can live in small wooden huts. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she's... And get state assistance. But she's yeah. trying. That's why I said oh, no, they're moving totally. a lot, but she's fucking trying, man. Right. No, I get it. Colin later described his living situation as, quote, person... Prison-like accommodations. They only stayed there for three short months before moving back with her parents in Dartford. And I think that living situation is what drove her back to her parents. Uh, and, and it you would. Know? And it would, yeah. you know. That was the bottom. So so perspective, just some perspective. Yeah. Have you always made the correct oh, choices no. when raising? No. Yeah, me neither. Hell no. There is not a parent out there that can say, no. in all honesty, unless they're lying to themselves, oh, totally. that, hey, every move I made with my kid was 100% spot no. on. She's no. just made a string of errors. Yeah. But no. she's trying. I mean, she, she's putting her best foot forward. And that's, that's, that's what I would expect from anybody. No, and I totally agree with you. And I've been the first one to say, you know, my son is, other than with me, he's a very well-behaved, very respectful young boy. But I am by no means a perfect parent. I don't have all the answers. And what worked for me might not work for you. Exactly. Because these kid's different, you know. But she, she really is. She, right. She's trying her hardest. Yeah. In 1961, Colin's mother started dating a new man. And the three of them moved to, is that Farnell? Yeah, Farnell. Okay. Farnell Road and Dartford, Kent. Dartford. The, that's what I said. No, you said Dartford. I don't know. I said, no, I said Dartford. Eh, close enough. Fuck it. <laughs> the new home was located approximately two miles northeast of Colin's grandparents' house. Colin and his mother and her boyfriend lived there for about three years. So, see? Yeah. Putting no, the I, best foot forward, man. I know. Man. Well, and I told you, I do respect her. I just didn't, like, you know, understand nah, why. Not too she, late. You already, you already pissed no, on my girl. I, I, I made it clear that I just didn't understand why she did what she totally did. Totally pissed on my girl right there, man. I, you know, I, I didn't call her sugar tits. Collins, mama, baby, if you're still alive. Oh, no, I, like I said, I, I have total you. respect for her and what she did through his whole life. Yeah. Move over here. I'll marry you. Too late. During that time, Collins' mother and her boyfriend got married. 
and Colin took his new stepfather's last name. Saker. That, yeah, that, there's a period there. Saker. His stepfather, his stepfather was an electrician known for his sense of humor. Even though he was, a, uh, was nice and treated Colin well, he wasn't exactly known for being a responsible father figure. Mostly because he had a kind of sporadic work history. Therefore, they were unstable financially. Yeah. Okay, still. but I'm still not going to piss on no, him about it. No, I didn't it. piss on him. I was just giving the facts I mean, they, well, as they, I knew them. The, even her being married to this homie. Yeah. You know. Um, At least it's a you know somebody who treated her son well. Are you in the file right now? Yeah, kind of. Sorry, did I move it? I apologize. No, no, I, I saw it said Brutal Nation. Sorry, clicking down. Uh, not, the the text oh. wasn't moving, but things were moving. I thought I was having a fucking stroke. No, I'm sorry. No, I accidentally like moved my mouse on accident, and I apologize. It's all good. Now, uh, now they know it's happening. I'm not having a stroke. I'm happy with that. <laughs> so let's get to little Colin baby Ireland's fucking school years. When Colin started school, he had a hard time settling in, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking moving from place to place. Exactly, exactly. Most, oh, as she says, mostly because his family moved often. In fact, the age uh, from the age of 5 to 10, Colin went to six different primary schools. For that reason, he was often referred to as the new boy. Yeah. Young Colin had, uh, had a thin, kind of scrawny frame, and he stood bow-legged like a cowboy. You should have a six-shooter. Like a kid with a diaper. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Except I'm thinking more of Colin like a cowboy. He's going to yeah. come in and go, ding. <laughs> it was hard Wearing riding a on a six-shooter riding his pony on a cattle drive? That's right, man. He's going to come in and go, I just drove 300 head of cattle due east of here. I could use a drink and some company. He didn't have your childhood. <laughs> No, that's true. (laughs) The other students thought he looked odd. So, he was often the target of bullying and verbal abuse. We've seen that a shit ton. Oh, shit ton. Like, that is cruel. This is like a consistent thing with a lot of our killers is there's always bullying and verbal abuse. Well, and it's a consistent thing across the board, period, with children. But still, yeah. Right. You know, either that happens in the home or at school or both. Totally, totally. It's no surprise that he didn't like school very much. He was absent from his classes a lot and often even had his mother's permission to do so. Like his mom's like, look, I know these kids are assholes. Yeah. You need a little breaky poo. So yeah. I, I dig, uh, you know, and once again, I'm going to I'm going to reiterate. She is, seems like super supportive, man. Right. And you notice I didn't dog on her for letting him skip school. No, you didn't. You, you didn't piss on her for that. You pissed on her for everything. Else. I didn't piss. You on did. I'm, I'm already mad at you for that. Whatever. Poor lady. You just God misinterpreted what I had to say. No, I didn't. You pissed on her. God damn it, Colin. You need to come and serial killer her too. I'm not a man. That doesn't matter. Gay slayer her anyway. Take one for the team, buddy. <laughs> yeah, wait till you find out what he did to people. <sighs> on the rare occasions when Colin chose to go to school, he was always arriving, uh, arriving to his classmates, or his classes late. Since, there, since that was against the rules, he would always have to uh, endure a punishment from his teacher, probably anally. A common form of this discipline in those days was a harsh caning. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, for those who don't know what that is, it hurts. God damn. I had that once at a massage parlor. I was going to say, I have literally been spanked with a bamboo cane. It motherfucking hurts. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. Well, once he became a teenager, Colin withdrew even uh, excuse more. Excuse me. Oh, damn it. 
To say Colin didn't have proper educational uh, educational foundation is an understatement. It wasn't a surprise to me when I found out that he had to struggle through his high school years. Once he became a teenager, Colin withdrew even more. His la- he later stated that during the during that time, he was quote a sad and lonely boy, which I, I understand, man. Oh yeah, me too. You know what, Colin, buddy, I I get you. No, yeah. and on, on, like for real, because like. Growing up and what have not, believe it or not, I was super shy. Oh, yeah. Like super yeah. shy, you know, and I had a handful of friends, you know, and I wasn't, you know, like uh, super popular in school, but I wasn't not popular either. Right. You know, um, I had anger issues. Well, of course. But uh, I mean, you and I have similar backgrounds. And I mean, I had a hard time in grade school, especially because I I lived on an active dairy farm. Before I went to school, I had to muck out the barns and stuff the manure and all that so oh, it's fun not, times it, well and not just that is like when you do that in the morning before school you don't really have time to take a shower yeah you smell like you cow know shit. so you smell like freaking cow manure and you get made fun of and it wasn't my fault i had no choice exactly you know Just so I, assholes, I was man. a loner in grade school well he was always on the outside looking in on the activities that the other teenagers were engaged in. I'd imagine that's like not just sports, but like dating and having friends yeah, and saying, Hey exactly. man, let's like go grab a burger, you know, and go to the car hop or right. whatever the fuck they do well, in England. Well and you'll I mean I kinda get into that in a minute, so yeah. Don't get me wrong, Colin did have a few friends while he was in school. However, he carefully chose those he befriended because he felt that they were quote non threatening. I agree. Yeah. I did the same thing. Colin, buddy. Buddy, you know what? Is that no matter how what... you and your friend, um, what's his name? Now I Fred? forgot it. Yeah, Fred. Fred Fred and I met through a friend of mine who uh, recently died less than a year ago. Oh, wow. Uh, that was my buddy, Richard Gill. And um, we met through him because he was a friend of Richard's. Oh, okay. I was and... just because you talk about him often from your younger years. Yeah, yeah, man. Fred was... Fred was interesting, man. He's, he's a cool cat. <laughs> we all have them. Him and I got into a lot of trouble together, man. Oh, yeah. But he was the one who introduced me, and I, 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 I love telling this story. To two yeah. things, but I had never been to a real party. <laughs> and uh, so we're in California. Until I was 30. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I learned two things at my first Halloween party. Number one, I love booze. Like, a lot. A lot, a lot? A lot, a lot. Especially <laughs> beer. And two... The magic and power of vaginas. Yeah, you've. T- I mean, I've heard this story so many times. Yeah, I, I had only kissed a girl closed mouth one time. Prior to that. Prior to that, yeah. You only had one kiss. One kiss. That was it. Oh my goodness, Scott! And I just. I thought that my his, heart breaks for you right now. I thought his cousin was just really, really nice. Yeah, I can see that if you're inexperienced. Yeah. And uh, I probably told the story before on on the show, but. So, finally, Fred comes up to me, hey, dude, you like girls, right? And I said, yeah, man, I like girls just fine. My cousin's been trying to get you to go in the back room with her for, like, a while. And it still didn't dawn on me, why? Is there something cool in the back room? <laughs> why? What, is she, what does she want to show me? <laughs> well, you just don't know yet. <laughs> so, Fred explained a few things, and then I explained a few things. Okay, no, I get it. So, all three of us talked, me, his cousin, and him. And uh, then I went into the back room, and... She gave you a lesson you'll never forget. The song, I Saw the Light. Oh, really? Is very, very appropriate. Changed it, my life. It wasn't like that um, 
That Garth Brooks song, One Summer, or whatever mm. it was called. Oh, that was a good song. Yeah, the one where he had that love affair with that older woman. Nope. This was something that was life-changing to where I went, oh my God, I have to have this all the time. This is... <laughs> what I, and he has ever since. This is he, better she than She turned him anything. into a man whore. It, it is better than anything you could ever freaking Better imagine. than cocaine, Scott? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, Sex While I Was High was even better. <laughs> but, um, I, I would agree with that. So reports indicate that he was very immature for his age as well. Due to, due to his stature, it's not shocking that he wasn't extremely athletic. Well, yeah, with bow leg, unless he's going to do barrel racing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they don't do that in fucking England with their bangers and mash and spotted dick. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. As a result, he never played the football, which is fucking soccer, but they call it football, or cricket like the other boys of his age. Because he wasn't gay and played football. <laughs> However, he joined the Sea Cadets Corps for two years, in which he uh, said was one of, quote, the few highlights in his youth. Mm-hmm. So let's touch on that just a, a tiny Yeah, it's just a brief little <clears throat> excerpt. I'll admit that I never heard of the Sea Cadet Corps. So, core. I like corpse because he's killing you. people. I know, but it's pronounced core. I know how it's pronounced. So I had to do a little bit of research. Uh, a little bit of research. As it turns out, they had a Sea Cadet Corps. You happy with that? Here in the United States as well. Here's what I found out about the Sea Cadet Corps in the U.S. Uh, U.K. It's a na- it's a quote nationally a national youth charity. They work with approximately fifteen thousand youths ages ten to eighteen all over the United Kingdom. There are are well over Sea Cadet Corps. Oh, I'm sorry, 400. What? I forgot the 400. I'll oh, put okay. it in real quick. I apologize. There are well over 400 Sea uh, Cadet Corps units all over England, Wales, Scotland, by the Loch looking for Nessie. Yep. Northern Ireland. With their <laughs> with their shamrocks and leprechauns. With the leprechauns. <laughs> by the castle. Yep. <laughs> and the shillelagh. Bermuda with their cool shorts. And Malta, approximately 9,000 volunteers head up the core. Is that where they have the milk bowls? Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> it's so hot. Just kidding. All the cadets in the core follow a training plan, um, ethos or spirit of community, and right structure similar to that of the Royal Navy. The organization is also a recognized unit of the United Kingdom Ministry of Defense. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. It's like, it's almost kind of, I mean, even though we have a Sea Cadet Corps over here, it's almost like the, um... Oh, ROTC. Sh- yeah, thank you. I was like, I know it's called Roxy, but... I, However, I they should be the part of the Ministry of Magic, too. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Expecto Patronum. Expecto Burrito. I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. In 1964, when Colin was 10 years old, his family was evicted from their house on uh, Fort Fernal Road because they couldn't pay the rent. His mother felt that she had no other option than to return to the homeless camp in West Mullen. Since the camp had a strict no-adult male policy, his stepfather couldn't join him, so he moved in with his parents. Okay, no, that's... Yeah. It's it's weird and it is, but, but you know maybe gotta, she couldn't go with him and he couldn't move in with her parents. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. I see that there could be reasoning yeah. behind that. I'm I'm down. 
A little later that same year, Colin's mother found out that she was going to have another baby. Even though they were in dire straits financially, she was bound and determined to raise this new baby herself. However, in order to do that, she had to place Colin in foster care temporarily. So he felt abandoned again. Okay, so this part here... But it, it does I, get better here in a minute. Yeah. Well, uh, I understand getting pregnant when you're in dire straits. Okay. All right, that happens. It happens. I'm not going to falter for it. You know, because that's just stupid when people do that. Well, you right. shouldn't have babies because you're poor. Well, it's not like they went in and said, hey, we're <laughs> going to fuck all the time and have a goddamn baby and we can't afford it. We're not doing it. Shit does happen. Why Drop did you goddamn change it high my red? Uh, because it was misspelled. I know, but it's like in red because it's all in English, dork. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't care. I did. Oh, no, and I totally get it. I mean, because, I mean, I, I don't know if I've talked about this very much, but... When my mom was trying to leave my stepfather, my brother's dad, because he was very abusive, she actually, because I was going through emotional issues at the time that they nobody really knew how to cope with, you know, deal with, you know, because ADHD and my, you know, all that, my anxiety disorder, that um, she sent me to go live with my aunt and uncle. Even though it was still, it wasn't any better, she thought she was doing her best. Right, and that, that's the whole thing. So, I think that you know, that's what mommy is thinking. Yeah, know? that's what I totally think, you know, and you'll see that, you know, she did her best trying to put him somewhere good. Fair enough, because she placed him with a family in Wainscott, Rochester, Kent, England. That's approximately 16 miles east of Dartford, Kent. Uh, apparently, the family Colin lived with during that time treated him rather well. Yeah. I say that because he talked about them later, and he said that he remembered it as uh, as being very ordinary. Yeah, which means they weren't abusive. They didn't mistreat him. It right. was just, you know, eh. No, I'm totally you. Yeah, yeah, totally. A short time after Colin's little brother was born, his mother and stepfather found a house in West Kingsdown, Kent, England. Once they were settled, they went and got Colin and brought him back to live with them. However, it wasn't long after he returned, uh, when he returned, when his stepfather decided to walk out on them all. Yeah, As a did. result, his mother was once more broken, penniless, struggling to raise two boys. Okay, dude, I yeah. fucking had your back. I had, I was like, I want to stand up to you, awesome dude. But you did that? Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said, too. Guy can go fucking lick a goddamn dog's asshole. <laughs> Probably was, you know, considering he had no job skills. <laughs> In 1966, when, Ma, when Colin was 12 years old, his mother married again. However, this time, he absolutely refused to take the man's last name. In fact, that's when he chose to take his mother's maiden name, Ireland, again. After the marriage, Colin's family moved again. This time, they found a house in, uh, on Clyde Street in Sheerness, Kent, England. The family stayed at the house for approximately five years. As it turns out, the marriage between Colin's mother and new stepfather was nice, long, and very stable. Yes. In fact, Colin later stated that his second stepfather didn't just love Colin's mother very much, he was also quite loving towards him and his little brother. Yeah. He said that the man worked hard to prove to the entire provide. family. Or provide, I'm sorry, to provide for the entire family. And his mother finally had to, uh, had the life she had always deserved. You know what? For yeah. this homie here, provided nothing else changes for right now. Buddy, you. Oh, yeah. 
are a stand-up motherfucker. Yeah, for a man to marry a woman who already has two kids by two other men and to just raise them almost like they were his own, that is a stand-up man, period. Oh, totally, man. Yeah. I like this guy. This, this, yeah, this totally. This guy's a cool, cool dude. Even though Colin went through numerous upheavals while he was growing up, the relationship that he had with his mother was rather close. He, uh, when he talked about her later, he said, quote, she was always affectionate and benevolent or well-meaning. He said that she often made personal sacrifices so that he and his little brother would have food to eat and clothes to wear. That's what I yeah. said, man. I, yeah, I got uh, mama's back. Yeah, like I told you, I mean... I the only issue I have is I just couldn't understand the choice she made at the time. No, the, the choices weren't the best, but yeah. I, I I got her back. She's, yeah, no, I, I told you, I adore her for the way Colin Island's mom, yeah. I fucking love you, baby. I, totally. I love you. This twat uh, right across from me. <laughs> Shut up. Fucking asshole. I didn't call her any names. Doesn't matter, you pissed on her. worthless woman. You, it's you, just, you totally pissed on my girl. Whatever. No, I didn't. Now, I like the title of this one, Getting Approached by an Older Man. Of course you do. Colin said that once he was living in Sheerness, there was four separate occasions when he got approached by an older man who propositioned him for sex. He later described those events to the investigators on his case. Apparently, the first time happened uh, was before he was even 12 years old. He said that he had a uh, summer holiday job working at, a lo- at the local fairgrounds. One day, while he was performing his work duties, one of the traders walked up to him. He said the man offered to give him uh, a necklace if he, uh, a necklace he can give to his mother, but only if the boy would engage in a sexual act with him. Colin said the second time it happened, he was approximately 12 years old. He said that he was using a public restroom. Apparently... Uh, he was in one of the stalls when he noticed another young man uh, peering over the top of the divider at him while he was using the toilet. Kind of unnerving, huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking gross, man. Colin thought the man was uh, either in his late teens or perhaps early 20s. He said that although the peeper didn't say anything, he was unnerved by the encounter. I would be too, and I'm an yeah, adult. Totally. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and it unnerves me when the lady I don't even know in the stall next to me talks to me. It's like, what the fuck, dude? I think that is the funniest thing when I hear women talk about it. I, I have had girlfriends who have come out of fucking stalls with a new friend. <laughs> no, I don't mind if we engage in conversation before then. They continue the conversation. But just when I'm sitting there enjoying my or like trying to get everything out and they just strike up a conversation, it's like, dude, are you serious? You don't even know. What the hell? <laughs> women or guys are different in that sense because women will come out, y'all will make a new friend. Uh, us guys, we don't care if a motherfucker's on fire. Yeah, and every guy has to stand at least with at least one urinal between them because yeah, that's, that's the, the guy code. That's the rule, man. Yeah, you don't buddy up next to somebody when there's other empty urinals. Then you gotta look over. Like, Even if it's your friend, right? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> like I have been talking to my friends. We've walked into public restrooms, used urinals, and we'll be talking like, "Yeah, man, let's go to the show over here and check that out." We get the urinals. Everybody shuts the fuck up. Yeah, well, and me and my best friend have often gone into the handicap stall together. <laughs> so what does that tell you? It means I got to search Pornhub. <laughs> it means you, you still want to meet her, but yeah. I want to see those in ah! Okay. <laughs> According to Colin, the third instance happened one day when, uh, when he was at a local theater watching a movie. He said that while he was sitting there and enjoying the film, a local uh, optician? Yeah. Okay. 
came in and sat down uh, beside him. Not long after the man sat down, he turned to the young Colin and said he wanted a sexual favor. The fourth time he was approached, uh, it was by a man who worked at a local consignment or secondhand store. Colin didn't really go into detail of this particular encounter. And the anger builds. Yeah. Colin said that each time the encounters incurred, occurred, he turned down the older man's advances. He was adamant when... He, sorry. I thought that had to be a he. Oh, okay, you got it. Okay. Uh, when he said, quote, uh, there was no sexual contact between him uh, the, and the men in question. However, those situations still upset him. Rather than find an outlet for his irritation, he let the anger build. And that's a guy thing. We stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally. Well, because it's a macho. You're taught to be macho. Shit, yeah. Not macho as they come. <laughs> special, special days. <laughs> Colin later stated that he even thought he and the man never engaged. That though the uh, he, he and the man never engaged in a sexual act, he still was left feeling violated by him. He didn't have anyone to vent his conflicting feelings with, so they grew inside him and never went away. Yeah. Now, early crime, because he's a smooth criminal. Smooth criminal. And it's black and white. It's a weird thing. We were actually talking about the song "Smooth Criminal." Oh, yeah. I thought it was by Alien Ant Farm. I told the guys this at my practice. And it, my son revealed to me it was by Michael Jackson, and I looked it up, and he was right, and everybody's face turned out. Really? I'm like, yeah. You didn't know it was Michael Jackson either? Fuck no, none of us knew. Oh, my goodness gracious. Freaking turn on a radio station in the 90s. We listened 80s to real music. And 90s. Alien Ant Farm all the way. Colin's early criminal activity began in 1970 when he was approximately 16 years old. At least that's when he committed his first known crimes. Around that time, he had feelings of general unhappiness because of the struggles at school and the numerous upheavals he had experienced. Which I can understand. No, totally, man. Yeah. That's when Colin chose to leave his home and run off to London. So that way there he could be a vampire. (laughs) American werewolf in London. Sorry. Yeah, we can do that too. <laughs> he didn't have any money of his own, so he stole four pounds that he needed. He stole the four pounds they needed to get there. Needless to say, he was caught, and as a result, he received a quote fit person order. That's a legal order uh, committing a child to the care of a fit person, like they work out or something. That's no, awesome. No, like fit to raise to you know take care of. He's pumping iron. He's really fit. I didn't say physically I- fit person's order. <laughs> As his punishment, Colin was ordered to go to... Finchton. Thank you. Finchton Manor School in Kent, England. I, I just want to put in just a quick aside here is I saw pictures of this because it was recently for sale in England. It is a 12-bedroom house with I don't know how many other rooms in there. And it has a three-room wine cellar, Scott. I know. You would buy it just for that purpose, right? Shit, yeah. Better place to store my wines, man. Right? So, Finchton Manor was founded by George... Lyward. Thank you. Lyward, a British educationalist and psychotherapist. Essentially, it was a community for delinquent, disturbed, or disturbing boys located in Tenterden, Kent. Yep. 
Binchin was known for only accepting young boys who were experiencing both emotional and in- intelligence problems. The care, the care order signed by the judge meant that while Colin was at Finchton, the local county council paid off his fees. That's a good deal. Yeah. All right, let's go to acting out and a little bit of bullying. Wooly bully, wooly bully. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when Colin arrived at, arrived at Finchton, he was bullied and teased by the other boys there. Reports don't say how long he was there before he became so frustrated that he acted out against the bullying. He took revenge on one of those boys by setting fire to his stuff. Burn, motherfucker! <laughs> right. Uh, although this time, this was the first time Colin engaged in an act of arson, he later stated that from time to time, he was a young boy. From the time he was a young boy, he had quote an unusual interest in fire. Fire. I don't know. Something just went ping. Yeah. Like an alarm. Okay. Give me my butt plug. Probably. It's <laughs> not Battery right. did. Maybe. In fact, he said that all through his life, he kept having reoccurring nightmare about fire. Yeah. <clears throat> One of his teachers was able to extinguish the fire before it spread like her legs. However, Colin was sent to live with, uh, with a social worker because he was no longer allowed to remain at Finchton Manor. Lucky for him, administrators at the school chose not to press charges against him. Once he was no longer at the facility, he decided he would run off to London again. London, yeah. here I come. Ah, Colin in London. When Colin arrived in London, he didn't have any money, so he couldn't afford to take up lodging anywhere. In other words, he was broke and homeless. He had to find a way to try to survive, so he decided he would resort to robbery. When he was 17 years old, he was caught and sentenced to serve time at Hollings Bay. Did I get that one right? Holsley. Oh. All right. Holsley Bay. There you go. It's too fucking upper crest for me. Jesus Christ. Everything in England's that way. Yeah, it's just way too upper crest. Jesus Christ. It's fucked up. Megan Holsley, he was known as a British reform... No. Uh, it was Back known then, a- Holsley was... You're Take so two. Back then, Holsey was known as a British reform school that provided vocational training and therapy for youths aged 16 to 22. Now the facility is part of the Majesty's Prison Service. Although it, its official name is Her Majesty's Prison Holsley Bay. Jesus, why? Why? Well, they usually call him HMP, whatever, but I wanted to put it out there. Yeah, they can kiss know. my ass. Yeah. The locals refer to it as Holsley Bay Colony or just the Colony. It is a minimum security prison housing adult men and young offenders. Yeah. Colin later stated that he hated being at the colony, considering it a prison detention center and it's not Disneyland. Yeah. I'm not surprised that his time there was unpleasant. He managed to escape the facility once. However, he, he only tasted freedom for a short time before he was apprehended by the police. By the bobbies? By the, by the bobbies. God, this is going to get They don't carry weird. guns out there, so. No, I know. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to shoot anybody? Yeah. For real, man. The night hey, stick. That's right. You need to talk for two seconds. I put some nose spray up my fucking, my snozzola. Sure. Yeah, because, um, <clears throat> no, because um, the way I was understanding, because in England, they have four different categories. They call 
for their prison systems. It's category D, uh, A is the highest, which would be our supermax. And then it goes B, C, and D. And a lot of these, you know, first uh, youth offender institutes that he went to were category Ds. Uh, however, um, as you'll find out, his his security level changes in a little bit. So, um, which you know is understandable. He just escaped from a minimum. You know, there's no escape. I, there's not. <laughs> wait, wait until you do next Thursday's episode. Yeah, it was crazy. All right, here we go. The so court dis- okay, there you go. Yeah, I just had to take another sniffy boo. No, I just wanted, didn't know if you knew where you left off. The court decided that Colin could no longer be housed in a minimum security f- facility, so was sent to HM Prison Rochester, a medium security institution for young offenders. He was there from 1971 to 1972. Yep. And then, I met a girl. <laughs> In 1972, when Colin was 18 years old, when they released him from HM Prison, Rochester, shortly after he was freed, he met a girl who became his first girlfriend. Oh, young love. Let's sleep. Oh, no. Well, I don't think they were in love. Close enough. Okay. He could be in love for a moment. Yeah, However, plus, maybe, but yeah. He later stated that the relationship didn't last very long because he was still quite unhappy and confused. I think he actually said that, quote, his, his, quote, mental state wasn't in the right place to have a healthy relationship. Hey, you know what? That That's well, good self-awareness. I was going to say, at least he was aware of that. And it's, I mean, if you notice, he didn't get int- very intimate with her or anything. And I think he recognized that early on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's excellent self-awareness. Yeah. When Colin was 21, he got into even more trouble. In December of 1975, he was charged and convicted of stealing a car, two counts of burglary, and damage to property. The judge sentenced him to serve 18 months in prison. According to reports, he spent approximately 12 months housed in a couple of overcrowded prison facilities in London. Although, I wasn't able to find out which facilities they were specifically, I'm sure... They were HM Prison and YOI Beltham? Beltham. Whatever. And HM Prison YOI ISIS. Isn't what, that the YOI t- is um, Youth Authority Institute. Isn't Wait. ISIS a terrorist group? No. Well, it is, it, but that's all caps. But ISIS is all, also a Egyptian god. Goddess. No, I know that, but I'm thinking ISIS. They're sitting there going, no, that's, god. no that's all capital. Oh, my bad. Yeah, no, this is just capital I. Bloody hell good, jihad. And they is didn't that have better? ISIS back then. They didn't even have the Taliban back then, I don't think. I thought Taliban was a TV show, but okay. No, that's Teletubbies. No, my bad. Yeah. The reason I believe it was those two facilities is because they were both considered medium security adult and youth offender institutions. After that, Colin was sent to serve the rest of his time at HM Prison Luz. The facility is listed as a local category B prison. That means that it is a maximum security facility that houses individuals remanded to the local courts awaiting trial and sentencing, as well as inmates who have received their sentence to their sentence from court. Yeah, so it's like a county jail prison in one. God damn it, he this dude's a country song. That's what the hell he is. You know, totally. Totally. 
I don't know why he went from serving 12 months in a medium security institution to finishing out the remainder of his time at maximum security facility. I would assume that he got into trouble somehow. However, at this time, that is just my educated guess, and it has not been confirmed. Yeah. And then he found a second girlfriend. Yeah. And sometimes you got to pay extra for that, too. Only if you do it together. Entirely. Cullen was released from HM Prison Lose in November 1976. He decided not to return to London, which is a good idea, Yeah. once he was out of prison. Instead, he chose to go and live in Swindon, Wiltshire. Wilt. Oh, Wiltshire, England. Bloody hell good. I know, right? <clears throat> once he settled there, he found his second girlfriend. She had big boobs. Probably. This would be the first girl... He had a sexual relationship with. Although I was unable to find her name, I discovered that she was a black woman of West Indian descent. A sister. Sort of. Kind of. She was also five years older than Colin with four children. See, and you beg on me for wanting to date your mom who's older than me. He, I mean, look, he's what? 18, 19, 19, I think. Oh, 21, excuse me. So she was about 26, so it's not that bad. But the fact that she already had four fucking kids your and mo- it's his first sexual relationship, that's a little, oh, my God. Your mom's got fucking, like, yeah, he took kids. Advantage, she took advantage of that young boy. Then I want your mom to take advantage of me. That's all I'm saying. You would be taking advantage of her. She is way more innocent than oh you my are by God. She has more innocence in her body than you do in your little pinky. Shouldn't it be reversed than that? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. you were right. I apologize. <laughs> Once I thought about it, I was like, wait, that didn't sound right. And we can share her innocence in many positions. Yeah, okay. Whatever. So, once he settled there, I was like, oh, I got that one. I'm sorry. Uh, the two of them decided to move in together, and Colin even proposed to her. However, a few after a few months, when things didn't work out, they broke off their engagement, and Colin moved the fuck out. See, and I think he just proposed to her because he... He thought that's what he had to do because, you know, his mom got a boyfriend uh-huh. after, you know. Stepdad number two was yeah. awesome. Well, stepdad number one, it was her first boyfriend after he was born and they got engaged and married. You know, and then number two, same thing. So I think it was just something he thought he had to do. It seems Colin couldn't stay out of trouble. In 1977, he was arrested and found guilty of demand of demanding with menace and, and ordered to serve 18 months in prison. I wasn't sure what he was, what that, what that was, was yeah. so I looked it up. Good idea, because I was like, what the fuck is I that? I know, exactly. There's a lot of things over there. I was like, what the fuck? It is with, uh, the definition is with threats using threatening actions or language. In other words, he told someone he'd harm them if they did not do or give him something. Most commonly associated with theft and money. Yeah. Uh. This would continue as a pattern that Colin would repeat numerous times. For instance, in 1980, he was convicted of robbery and received two years of a two-year prison sentence. Then in 81, which obviously that's less than two years, he, well, was, yeah, good behavior. he was arrested and charged with uh, attempted deception and sentenced to two months in jail. By definition, is when someone attempts to take something uh, that lawfully belongs to someone else with deceptive actions and or words it's also known as creating a false impression 
Then there's 1985. This dude had a rockin' 80s uh, decade, man. Jesus. Totally, totally. He was sentenced to serve six months in jail for going equipped to cheat. Yeah. What? Think about that one. Yeah. Aren't you glad I have the definitions for you? Here's what it is, boys and girls. Is when an individual is not at his or her place of residence and they are carrying an article that can be used in the course and or in connection with a type of theft, burglary, or cheat. Yeah, or, yeah, like swindling. That's jacked up. What if that's, maybe he was going to go try to be a mechanic and he had a screwdriver and a crowbar. That may be so, but, you know, I don't know. It it was weird to me because I was like, what the fuck is that? So this first one says, this one here says, falling in love for the first time. And all I can think of is, feels like the first time. Never mind. No, I was laughing kind of silently, but yeah. When Colin wasn't serving time in prison, which seems like it was all the fucking time. <laughs> right? That, that, that's his, his like, residence. brief little holidays out. <laughs> you know, Ken, like, I'm going to go on holiday. I'm not going to go to prison for this week. <laughs> I'm on holiday this week. I'll be back next week. <laughs> I'll be back. See you next week, Warden. Okay, Colin, come on back, yeah. man. Your cell's ready for you. We're not even going to clear it out. He had to find a way to make a living and survive. Since he didn't have any labor skills... He would take whatever odd or temporary jobs he can get. Some of those jobs he had were a volunteer fireman, a volunteer at the local homeless shelter, a restaurant chef, a bouncer at several area bars, including one gay nightclub where they were doing boogie fever, boogie <laughs> down, disco inferno, burning, or, um, burning. I want to ride my bicycle. I want That's to not ride disco, my bike. you dipshit. No, but still, it's, a, it's still a nightclub song. Not gay nightclub song. Oh, dude, honey, Silly. That was Queen. It was totally gay. Freddie oh Mercury's all of Freddie's Mercury songs had a gay innuendo. I in, believe. In your endo. <laughs> dude, I love Freddie Mercury though. In 1981, while he was working as a chef at a restaurant in London, Colin attended a local lecture on survivalism. While at the lecture, he met Virginia Zamet. Yep. I love that name. Now Virginia Zamet Haywood at the time. Heyman now. That's what she's called now. Oh, hey, Yeah. Virginia was 36 years old, nine years older than Colin, and she had a five-year-old daughter. Hey, little girl. When she was 24 years old, Virginia was involved in a car accident and left her paralyzed. Actually, she has what in the hell? It's called tetraplegia instead of paraplegic or quadriplegic. It's called tetraplegia, and I give you the definition here. Which is a spinal cord injury as a result of total or partial motor sensory and loss. Or. Whatever. In all four limbs. Virginia suffered motor loss from the waist down and has a sensory loss in her upper limb. Actually, in fact, I watched the video. She only has feeling in two fingers, one on each hand. And she has adapted herself so she can type and play the piano and play ping pong. How does she have orgasms? I don't. Does she need her hands to have one? Maybe. I mean, they do talk about how, you know, if it's depending on what area of your spine is affected, if it's like around the C4, it can really like cause you to suffocate to death. Hmm, holy shit. Yeah. Well, in 1997, she published a book titled The Will to Succeed about her life story. Yeah. It didn't take long before Colin fell in love with both Virginia and her little girl. It's possibly safe to say that she was the first woman he truly fell in love with. 
He wound up proposing marriage to her, and the happy couple celebrated their wedding in 1982. He must have been in between yeah. prison stays. Okay, yeah, that's he was cool. Only in, I think in 81, he only did two months. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just a short stay back at home yeah. before he went out on vacation. Yeah. Everyone knew him during that time, said that Colin truly adored Virginia and his new stepdaughter. After the wedding, the new family of three moved to hollow London, England. Holloway. Oh, Holloway. They moved into an estate house, uh, into an estate housing where everybody in the neighborhood belong, uh, began calling Colin the gentle giant. And I didn't get into it, but they called him that because even though he was scrawny as a kid, by this time, you know, spending the time in prison and everything, he had bulked up a little bit. I imagine so. Yeah. You got to bulk up so you don't get butt raped. Yeah, no shit, yo. I've seen the term estate housing in a few other cases that I've studied. However, I never really knew the true definition of the term. Since I don't like to use a term incorrectly, I wanted to see how the dictionary defines the term. This is what I found out. Estate housing is a group of houses built together in a planned way, sometimes by a local government of an area, in order to provide houses for people to rent or buy at low cost. This is not quite what I thought originally, this is a common term in the United Kingdom. I would say the American equivalent would be low-income uh, low housing development. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, we have some short-lived happiness. Unfortunately, Colin and Virginia's happy marriage was short-lived. They were only together for approximately five years. Although they seemed rather stable in the beginning, it appears that uh, if they began having... Again, having some problems around 1985 when he was arrested for going equipped to cheat. Yeah. When Colin went back to prison that time, he started becoming more and more aggressive. Virginia left him and filed for divorce in 1987 after he told her that he had, quote, an affair with another woman at some point during their marriage. Yeah. Oh, that's not good, Colin. Dude, like for I reals. Know, right? See, and I think it's because of his emotional baggage that he doesn't know how he can't he can't love himself. You can't love somebody else. No, and, and I agree. So yeah, I agree. I think he had every intention of you know making it work, but he just didn't know how. No, I I agree. I'm actually feeling for this. For yeah, this guy. I am too. I you know I did too until you know. Well, we'll get to his shit because <laughs> this is going to be a two-parter yeah. episode uh, thing here. Yeah. By 1989, it seems like Colin had moved on. He was in Buckfast, Devon, England, when he met Janet Young. When he first met her, he, uh, he was... She. Oh, she uh, was the landlady of the Globe Inn of... What the Buck fuck is that? Buckfastly. I'll go with that. The Globe Inn is a traditional English pub with a bed and breakfast type of combinations upstairs. Janet was living in one of the rooms above the pub with her two children. One was 11 uh, years old and the other was 13. Barely a week had passed from the time Colin met Janet before he moved in with her and her two kids. The relationship progressed quickly and approximately three months later, they made an appointment uh, and were married by the magistrate at the Devon Register Office, Newton Abbott. Yep. Say that all in one fucking breath. I know, right? Christ, man. On the surface, everything seemed to be going well for Colin and his family. However, we all know that appearances can be deceiving. Although, in this instance, 
the deception was on Colin's part. Yep. He and Janet were only married for four months when he decided he wanted to take her and the kids to visit his mother in Margate, Kent, England. While they were there, he went out one day on the guise of running a few errands. He told Janet he was taking her car and we'd be back shortly. Instead, Colin took her car, went to a bank, withdrew a hefty portion of the funds from their joint account, and simply banished out of their lives. You're a dick. But like I said, I think that goes back to he doesn't know how. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know. The point is that he fucking did it. Yeah, well, at There's, least he left his mother who But no, this caring. is two fucking fold. Number one, you don't yeah. abandon kids. And number That's two, true. you stole. And I yeah. fucking hate thieves. Well, yeah, well, and not just that is you've had people during your, you've had ex-wives during your bank account. So you know what it's like. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. totally. No, I get it. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to make excuses for him. I'm just, you well, know. And for me, it doesn't matter if somebody says a penny or it's a million dollars. Yeah. Hence, you know why I always give you your receipt. No, Even though you trust sense. me, I still do it. That makes sense. There's no reason to steal from me. I will yeah. give people money. I don't care I about know. that. Okay, here we go. Another failed marriage behind him. Now that Colin had another failed marriage behind him, in 1991, he went to the south end of on-sea Essex, England. Fucking A. Approximately 40 miles east of London. Considering he was once again homeless, he managed to find a job at a local homeless shelter that was fortuitous for him because he was allowed to reside there while he was working. Everyone at the shelter seemed to like Colin. This was with the exception of his two wives. It was probably the only time he had ever felt accepted among those he uh, considered to be his peers. He later said that while he was there, he truly felt an empathy for the people who stayed there. However, that acceptance turned out to be short-lived as well. In December of 92, a few of the other staff members started making allegations against Colin that he was truly unfounded. No, the, that, the that were truly, allega- yeah, the allegations that, that were unfounded against yeah. him. I wasn't able to find out the allegation, what the allegations entitled, entailed. entailed rather. However, I, uh, I was able to confirm with a couple of sources that he never did what the other staff accused him of doing. Rather than wait around to be terminated, Colin simply resigned before the end of the year. Now, at 39 years old, Colin still didn't have any sense of direction in his personal and or professional life. He was getting more and more frustrated by his situation. It didn't matter that it was his own choices that led him in the moment. To that moment. Yeah, to that moment, whichever. Same thing. All right, I'm going to say this, then we're going to wrap this up. Colin was also fed up with only being able to work sporadically and an untrained, unskilled worker for meager wages at best. Yeah. It was time for him to do something different with his life. And we're yeah, going to get into drastically that. Drastically different, but yeah. And we're going to get into that on part two. Next week. Of Yeah. I mean, this was just a whole lot of information that you kind of really needed to understand what he chooses to do. No, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It was just like when I read the background, I was like, you know what? I kind of understand why he made that choice, but not really. Yeah. I'm happy he did because he's gay slayer. I know. You just... You, I know, when you called me up that one day and said, you have this guy down for yourself, his name's Colin Ireland, but 
are you set on doing that? I said, what What was it about? And you said, is Monica? I said, oh, no, that one's my. I have to research that one. Because he's gay slayer. Whatever. I have given you some really good ones, so. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium. Crime Beating on Medium or wherever you get your blogs. Just type in at Brutal Nation. We'll pop right up. Get the full story without any of my bullshit. All right. This show is copyrighted. 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.